but then we decided to walk into our wedding together. I didn't want to be given away by my dad. And this is a very personal, potentially controversial subject, but my dad is also like very shy and totally cool with it. But I didn't want to be given away from him by him because I feel like that's just like, I think it makes sense if you're a little younger, but at 20, how old was I? Was I 28? How old am I? I just had my birthday. I don't know know if I just turned 28 or 29. I think I just turned, I was 28 years old. I've been, I didn't feel like it made sense for my dad to give me away. Like Justin and I have lived together for a few years. That's just a weird thing that they used to do back in the day. And I don't know, it just didn't sit right. So we've been walking through life together. And so we walked into our wedding day together and we walked in. squad it is season two i know that last week i released the first episode of the season and it was a little bit different a little bit out of the ordinary i didn't do any sort of an intro um i was out of town i was in florida and honestly i just was too lazy to do the intro if i'm gonna be honest um but this week is back to normal um going to start out with catching you up on what's been going on in my life and doing high key low key um for anybody that is new here high key low key is where i share some highs and lows going on in my life um so i will get to that in a little bit today's guest is ashley aiken formerly known as ashley burbank she is the co-owner of k&b which is a local photography business here in wichita um Ashley and Ashley, they are just really awesome businesswomen. They know exactly what they're doing. They've had years and years of experience. Um, So it's not really, it's not even just useful for people that are doing photography, just in general. And Ashley Aiken, um, she just got married and had one of the most intentional weddings that I have ever heard of. She just did things out of the box, um, things that were important to her and Justin, and She talks about the Enneagram a little bit. Um, If you don't know what the Enneagram is, Google it or just hang on a little bit and she'll talk about it. So yeah, you have that to look forward to. So since the last time I was on, I mean, it's been like a month, so a ton has happened. I couldn't even tell you, but first and foremost, I guess the thing that sticks out for me is that I got my real estate license, so I am excited so excited about this. Um, I have been wanting to cut back on weddings and I have other sources of income, but I am just always looking for more. So I think that real estate is going to be a great place for me because I'm obsessed with looking at Zillow. I'm obsessed with like interior design, homes, renovations, all the things. And I just think it's going to be so fun. So that has probably been the biggest thing. Um, I've been on a few trips. You've heard about those for the most part. Um, This Friday, I will release a road trip episode that Kendall and I did when we went to Arkansas. I was going to do it last Friday and I didn't, but it's coming. Don't you worry. So moving on to high key, low key, high key, I am finally getting my office organized. It was painted last week and then I got back from Florida and yesterday I went through everything, got rid of stuff, decided what was important to keep, what wasn't. And then today I went and bought a bunch of stuff. Um, 
I don't know what it is. Like, I truly don't like the color pink, but I like, like, nude, like a nude pink, and I have just been, like, gravitating towards that so hard lately, and I don't know what it is, but I have an accent wall that is, like, a nude pink, and then... I've got a little area for my essential oils, which I am diving into as well. I've used oils in the past, but I've been one of those people that was super skeptical about spending tons of money on like the authentic ones, like $50 for an oil or I don't even know. I haven't even looked into it that much, but I was always buying the cheap ones, um, but I have been able to use some real ones and I can tell a huge difference between them. So... Went ahead and purchased a kit with Young Living, um, and I'm really trying to get into that, uh, just overall health and wellness, using them to get zen as fuck, I guess. So I've got a little area where that's set up on a table along with um, some of my books, and then I have an L-shaped desk, and I've got a laptop, and I also have a iMac. I was going to get rid of my iMac because I wasn't really using it, but now that I'm like in here, I kind of think that I might want to use it for like my real estate stuff a little bit more to have stuff pulled up. I don't know. I think I'm going to keep it for now. We'll see. Um, And then I have a bunch of stuff I need to hang on the walls. It's very um, Aztec-y travel-ish. One of the things is actually a canvas that I got from South Africa when I was over there. Um... Dustin's dad stretched it for me and framed it so it looks really cool. I got rid of the floral couch because it was too big to fit in here. I've got a little, I don't know, I don't know what it is for guests to sit on. I'll probably get another one in case I have two people on at once, but want to get some plants. Um, Want to get some like floor pillows to sit in here to do like my meditating and stuff and then Also considering getting a coffee bar in here, even though I like, I really don't like hot coffee, but I think I would drink it if it was up here because I don't like, I'm lazy and I don't want to go downstairs. So I don't know. That's throwing it out there. I need some more wall stuff, but overall, um, it's kind of coming together. So I feel good about that. I had been like working on in one living room, moving to the dining room, going to the other living room, sitting on the bed and it like now that I'm like full force with real estate and back on with the podcast, I just truly needed my office to be together so I have a place where all my stuff is. So feeling good about that. Um, low key, I so I went and ran um, these errands today and I got home and there was a sonic styrofoam cup like shredded all over the living room floor, aka Gus found a cup and by the looks of it, it looked like he had eaten like half of the cup because there wasn't very many pieces. So I googled it, which like just don't Google stuff because it always tells you you're going to die. But so I googled it and it was like poisonous to dogs, dangerous. I immediately started bawling and running around trying to find more pieces to the cup. I called the animal hospital and was like, hey, I think my dog ate a styrofoam cup. Like, what do I need to do? And she was like, well, you need to just keep an eye on him. It kind of depends on how much he ate, whether or not it will pass. Um, Just watch for him. Make sure he's not lethargic or puking or 
not eating. Um, she was like, but if it any of those things happen, um, then it probably is stuck and then you're going to have to take him to the hospital. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. So I like don't tell Dustin because he is like a worry wart. And the cup was my fault. Like I'm the one that left it in reach for Gus. So like I was still bawling and running around the house and I was like, I just have to figure this out. So I gathered all of the pieces and got tape and I sat down for 20 minutes and taped the cup back together to see to like just to see how much did he eat? Like, do I really need to be worried? Because like when I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, he ate at least half of it and he's not that big. So I'm taping it back together. You guys, he didn't eat a single piece of it. Like the cup is 100% back together. It took me 15, 20 minutes putting all these tiny pieces back to form this cup. But like literally he didn't eat any of it. And I did find puke on the ground um, later. But I think it was because there was like a little bit of melted ice cream at the bottom and he had gotten that and he doesn't do very well with dairy. So I think that he threw up because of that. So I was incredibly relieved. Um, Then I told Dustin about it after that because I knew that it was going to be okay and that he wasn't going to freak out. Um, So yeah, that was um, not fun. That put me at very high stress level. I literally thought that I killed our dog. Dustin would literally never forgive me. So he is fine. He did not eat any styrofoam. We are good. Bad mom move. But I'm happy that he's okay. Um, so yeah, I am gonna keep this kind of short. I last season I did a segment called that new new where I would try something new, but a lot of the times I just didn't end up doing it. So I felt like it was kind of a waste. So if I'm doing something new, I'll let you know about it, but I'm not gonna keep it a segment anymore just because I feel like I sucked at it. Um I was super excited to see that my following was continuing to grow throughout the month, even though I wasn't sharing anything. Like, I think there was at least like 2,000 new listeners from the last episode to the most recent one that I posted. So that was really awesome. I am always setting new goals, as you know, so... I am really wanting to get to 20,000 listeners by the end of this month, which is kind of a stretch, but I think I can make it happen Um, with the help of you guys, obviously. Tell your friends, all the peeps. Um, Also, if you're interested in like real estate and housing stuff, I started a new page for that. I am still going to, I'm going to use my main page to kind of post just like a little bit of everything. Just, hey, like, I have a podcast. Hey, I have a real estate page, you know but not an overwhelmingly amount of one or the other. Um, But I do have a real estate page and it is She Sells Kansas, kind of a spinoff of my She Hunts Kansas days. So yeah, I am pumped to get into the real estate stuff. I think it's going to be super awesome. I had a meeting today, um, getting all my stuff set up, having training. Um, I think I'm going to shadow a open house on Sunday. All the things. I am pumped. Okay, I am done here. Thanks again for all the love and support and for sticking around through that month break. Um, It was much needed. And so without further ado, here is Ashley Aiken. All 
right, guys, I am sitting down with Ashley Aiken. We are at my house, and I have been wanting to interview her for a long time, but I kind of honestly wanted to wait until I had more of a following because I wanted everybody to hear all the great stuff that she has to say. So how are you doing today? What's going on? I'm doing really good. I am finally, I feel like, reaching this really great groove. I started a new routine last week, and I kind of feel better than I've felt in years. So I'm actually really, really, really good. Good. Tell the people why you're at my house because you have this one struggle in your life that I do not envy. It's the freaking worst. I uh, moved this April, May, and it has been a royal nightmare because had I known we didn't have internet out in the boonies, I probably wouldn't have bought the house. But that's the thing is we have absolutely zero internet. It is rural AF and we, the struggle is real. And so I'm at Brittany's stealing and siphoning all of her internet today. Yes, yes. Oh. Um, so Ashley is the co-owner of KMB Photography. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what you call I it? I mean, it's changed over the years, but yeah, KMB is like the umbrella, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And so people... Sometimes say photography, sometimes go back and revert back to 2014 and say KMB Studios. But oh, I don't yes, think I knew that. Photography helps because people know then what I do. But if you just say KMB, they. Okay, gotcha. may not. Okay, so give us a little bit of your backstory who you are, where you're from, where you went to school, what you went to school for, and kind of like how you got to here. All the Not things. the whole, just like a short little thing, and then we'll kind of get into what you did before the wedding photography. Okay. Because okay. like you said, it used to be studios. No, it's it's, it's evolved. Yeah, lots of things. So, um, obviously, I'm Ashley Aiken. I am, I'm a photographer, and I am from Houston originally. So I feel like that's where a lot of my friendliness (laughs) came from. Is just like there's like a huge melting pot of different kinds of people down in the south, and that's I think where that being able to like connect with anybody kind of stemmed from but then I moved when I was like a preteen to Goddard Kansas and Mm -hmm. I went to lots of different colleges for eight years of my life never got a degree and what all did you try to do I started my dream my entire life was to be an elementary school teacher oh News to me, I don't like kids. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> but when I was little, that was all I wanted to do. So my first three to four years in college was towards elementary education. And it was towards like the end of that degree that I realized I don't like kids. <laughs> and so then I pivoted that into uh, that was when I decided I wanted to be a graphic designer mm-hmm. because I already kind of had gotten started in photography and then graphic design would just work really well with it but who knew art school is the most expensive thing you can possibly mm-hmm. choose to do yeah it doesn't actually make sense oh my gosh it's so expensive like you have to buy little teeny tubes of ten dollar paint that's literally like a milliliter and anyways I was too broke for art school so then I transitioned again I was doing photography at the time So I was like, okay, well, I've already have this much under my belt, so let's not put it to waste and let's go to school for business. And by that point, my photography business had taken off so much that I had no damn time for school anymore, like at all. So then I went to school for (laughs) aesthetics, you know, like facials, all the things. 
and did that became like valedictorian of my class and oh. then never got my license because photography took off too much oh. so yeah that's where all of my student loans go to and there's nothing to show for any of it that's okay I don't think you need it I think you ended up where you're supposed to be regardless um, so you told a funny, cool, cute story on Instagram the other day. Can you tell it again? Just because I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So I had this epiphany slash memory of when and like how my parents should have known that I was going to be an entrepreneur because I at a very, very young age, my most favorite thing that I ever did in the world ever was to go to the Houston Museum of Natural. No, no. I did love the Houston Museum of Natural Science, but the Houston Children's Museum. And that was because I wanted to like play grown up and I would walk around the grocery store and I would learn how to like be the cashier and like just basically be a responsible adult. That's all I ever wanted to do. Yeah. And so that's like really, really young me, like five, six, seven. Well, then so fast forward and it's fifth grade and it is basically a the time that they're starting to just groom you for middle school and adulthood and you get to do all these really big things in fifth grade and so one of them is you got to work at McDonald's for a day okay this is crazy to me I got I got to work at McDonald's I'm again what's fifth grade 10 years old I'm 10 I have a picture of me at the drive-through window because my mom took it as she's coming up because I'm delivering McFlurries to people and yeah so I got to like learn basically again how to be responsible and it was my favorite day ever and that was kind of like a prereq to later on in the year you got to go to this place called exchange city and it is essentially the coolest thing ever if somebody could bring that back that'd be great because it was my best experience of fifth grade ever best field trip ever i'm jealous that i didn't get to do oh my gosh somebody seriously you should you should open one up here maybe i will oh my gosh so (laughs) it's a humongous tin building i would say i mean i could be totally wrong on that again the fifth grade brain right yeah huge tin building that they transform the inside of it into basically like a bunch of storefronts and they have like turf on the floor and like there's banks and there's a fountain and like don't walk on the grass signs and like all these things to make it like a quote-unquote city for little fifth graders to play grown-up yeah exactly so for me I had to take like a personality assessment we all did and my teacher surprise assigned me to be a work at the radio station yeah and of course (laughs) that was where she put me I was so talkative and so anyways I get signed up for that and it's so great I'm so excited there's police officers there's a mayor somebody gets to become the mayor and then yeah I worked at the radio station and I thought I was going to be the cool DJ but instead I just had to go take song requests from everybody but still really cool still really cool still a really cool experience. yeah but that's I think just if you go all the way back there to fifth grade that was little me that knew that I wanted to be an adult responsible entrepreneur it was a little Enneagram one in me yeah already wanting to follow the rules and be responsible <laughs> yes so. and we are gonna get into the Enneagram stuff because I mean I would call you an expert because you know more about it than anybody else I know <laughs> um but so what are some other jobs that you had before? Did you have any other jobs before you started doing photo or was that kind of like your first thing? Um, no, I had a lot of, I say a lot of jobs. I 
um, again, responsible. I was like always told that when you get a job, like you're committed, that's your job. So every job I've ever had, I had for a long period of time. So my first job, I was a pizza girl. I made pizza. Nice. Old place called Bernie's Pizza. It was very good, but it went out of business and my my parents ended up quitting for me because I was too afraid to because I was like 14. Yeah. And then I worked at a place called Wholesale Beauty Club. It's now salon brands. I worked there for five years selling like shampoo and I did customer service there. And then I worked as an office assistant at like a tech company for aviation. Random. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I love that. That was like the administration office part, which is something I love about my business now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like that got groomed a lot during that office job. And I also worked at the buckle for a year while I lived in Houston, Texas and worked on commission. Very cool. You were one of the people that chased you around asking if you needed. I actually (laughs) didn't because so like I was a person who, when I got the job at the buckle is because I moved to Houston. I didn't know where to work and the mall was down the street. And I went in there for, with, I don't know what to call her, my sister, I guess. We went in together. She wanted to shop there. I hated going into the buckle because of how bombarded you felt, right? Yeah. So when I got the job, and I only got the job because a girl here in Wichita was like, you should do it. And so I decided to do it. She, like, put in a good word for me with, like, the buckle people. And I vowed to myself to never be one of those people. (laughs) And so I think I was, like, one of the top performers at my store. And I genuinely think it was because... I did not chase people down. I truly went to them with like a serving heart. Like, how can I help you with this? Yeah. And I think that that had a lot to do with it. Cause I like just, and I'm not an intimidating person. (laughs) People can like feel pretty comfortable pretty easily. So yeah, I thankfully was not one of those pushy sales people. That's funny. The buckles, that was, that was a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so how did you get into photo? Why did you get into photo? And what were kind of like the beginning steps of the business? So photography was something that I naturally got into because my best friend, when she became a senior, which was a year after I graduated, she needed senior photos and my mom had a camera. I feel like this is how a lot of people get into it. Mm-hmm. I 100% fell into photography. Um, so she needed that. And so I took her senior pictures and then I ended up doing like a couple of other seniors for people I knew. I was very close to still seniors at that point because I freshly graduated and they were just people I knew barely like that was kind of how I got my foot in the door. And then I, as much as I'm like a friendly person, the part that I enjoy the most is like the business side of it. Uh And I followed this girl And I just thought she was the coolest person (laughs) I have ever followed online. And this is 2013. So like influencers are not a thing. But if there was like if Wichita had an influencer, she was 100% an influencer. And I was like, this girl's so cool. She needs to be my friend. And she was a photographer as well. And so I reached out to her. She also happened to be cousins with my ex-boyfriend, maybe boyfriend at the time. I don't really know time wise. But so I knew she was had a little bit of a connection. And asked her if eventually, like, let's fast forward a year. I was like, hey, do you want to start this business together? And so that's how KMB was born was because I thought that she was just the coolest person (laughs) on the planet. And she was the coolest person on my space that I ever knew. And then people just were very infatuated by her. So I knew she needed to be mine. And that's how we started 
our business, but genuinely it was something that I fell into and I just continued with Ashley to persevere and just continue to be like persistent and not give up in it. And I feel like that is a really big reason that we are where we are. It's just like persistence and not giving up yeah. and having each other. So you started out doing seniors, right? Yes. Only seniors or did you kind of dabble in all the... Those first couple of years that Ashley and I started, before that, I kind of did anything anybody would do for me for like 50 bucks before yeah. Ashley and I started. And again, the obviously industry was way different back then. But when we did start in 2013, we did anything people would pay us for. Yeah. And also, so like we started in April of 2013, we rented a space for our company in July. Oh my God. So three months after we started our business, we were like, we let's rent it. a space. But our, th- our thought process there was like, we uh, we're 21 years old. People aren't going to trust us. We need to give them, we need to be on the map. Like yeah. we need them to see that like, when this is Google real. us. There's a location. 100%. And when people would come to us, then they would come to our space. Like that was their meeting point instead of coffee shops. And it made people take us more seriously for sure. And I do think that helped. Um, but because of that, we genuinely took literally anything that we could so we could pay rent every month. That's insane. But then we pivoted eventually into just seniors mm-hmm. and, did that and that's really 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 where it took off Mm -hmm. was doing high school seniors and only high school seniors we didn't really take anything else and like that is it niching Mm -hmm. niching the word niche I feel like some people say niche oh yeah I don't like I don't like that that sounds dirty yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so we decided to niche in senior photography and I really feel like that took us off and we also always in that beginning portion of time worked on innovating the way that people were currently doing things and making them work for us. So for example, like Twitter was really big at the time and Mm -hmm. I know people still use Twitter now, but they use it more for like a, not a personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody used Twitter back then and Ashley and I were like, okay, so if this is where all of our clients are, How can we use this to our advantage? And so we decided that we were going to innovate the system, essentially do something nobody else is doing. And we would post all of our clients' teasers on Twitter. And we would tell them, like, if you get 25 retweets or 50 retweets or 10 retweets, like however great we thought the picture was, let's say, then we'll share more from this session. And so our seniors were retweeting it and all of their friends were retweeting it because at the time, everybody wanted to see the new pictures and nobody else was doing that. And I 1000% attribute all of our current success to that beginning move. That's insane. I've never heard of that. I did not know that. That's wild. Yeah. Legit. I mean, that's where we got a bunch of traction. And then because of that traction, it was a lot of word of mouth because of the word of mouth. It was a lot of good reputation. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's followed us even to here. And now, although it's none of that. We don't do any of that same thing and like barely deal with any of those people anymore because they're yeah. older and married already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do. I still think that a lot of that, it all started with that. Huh. Very crazy. So how many years did you do seniors and when did when and why did you decide to switch to weddings? So I think unofficially our last year of seniors was like our final seniors was like 2017. 
and our last big year for seniors was 2016, I think, something like that. So I want to say we did full on seniors for three years. And the reason that we changed, honestly, to be completely frank, yep, is moms. Uh, Senior moms are awful. Yeah. <laughs> I love them to like a personal degree. Like mm-hmm. seniors now, like moms that have seniors now, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so great. But when you're being hired by this mom yeah. to photograph their quote unquote perfect daughter, the moms, it's almost like pageant moms. Like they yeah. put this amount of pressure onto their daughter to like look perfect and like, if moms come to the session, they won't stop touching their daughter's hair or like nagging at their daughter to pose differently. And like, or then you get the pictures back and mom is like, I wish you would have done this. And mainly like directing these comments towards their daughter, less towards me Mm -hmm. and how not degrading. What's another word for it? Like it was just so bad for their self-esteem. I feel like that that was just absolutely awful for me. Not to mention we had to do so many more seniors and deal with so many more clients from a wedding standpoint. Obviously yeah. you don't have to have Expense. as many because it's more, yeah, it's more money than that. So that's kind of the, that was the reason for the pivot is like seniors felt very, the reason that you get senior photos done and the reason that you get wedding photos done are very different. Yeah. They're both milestones in your life, but one's like capturing memories. Mm-hmm. And that really started to resonate with, our lives more as we got older that it's like less about the fashion and more about like the heart and that's kind of why another reason that we pivoted is was it like an abrupt pivot or did you kind of it was pretty abrupt yeah (laughs) we're done it was pretty abrupt and I, I that probably wasn't if I could look back on like our business that was probably one of the decisions that I wish we would have handled a little differently mm-hmm I wish we would have phased out a little bit more because I think that it upset some people and it was really tough to, I don't know. Then again, I go back and forth because had we not abruptly stopped, we probably would still to this day be consistently getting yeah, senior inquiries and we don't anymore just because we abruptly were like, nope, we're not doing them in 2018 or whatever year that was mm-hmm. that we decided to stop. I want to say it was 2017, but mm-hmm. it was, it was an absolute abrupt halt. <laughs> it's fine. It worked out. You're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the ins and outs of having a business like this, the back office stuff, who all is involved in like paying? There's a lot of expenses and stuff that go on that I don't think people are really aware of. Yeah, there is a absolute ton of work. The, I feel like I see this a lot in memes, so I feel like I'm like regurgitating already. I'm being like a little bit of broken record with this information, but photography is the absolute like actually shooting the camera the absolute smallest portion of our app of our um job and we i mean if you think about just from an expenses standpoint like we pay for a bookkeeper and an accountant which by the way was the absolute best investment i've ever made because i don't have to worry about it yeah i am not a cpa don't make me be one um so we pay for like that we also, what are the other shit that we pay for? All the system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, we also pay for like our CRM, our client management software. We just switched to Dubsado and that's been a learning curve, but that is quite a bit of 
money and then mm-hmm. we pay for our website. There's just, I mean, I think if I, should I be transparent with my numbers here? Sure. I would think so. I think monthly it costs us $2,000 to run our business mm-hmm. each month. And then that's also not including the albums that we have to buy. Like the other day I got an email because the other Ashley, she handles the album designing process, which there's something I don't do. That's the nice thing about a partner. Mm-hmm. She does the album designing process. And so she placed an album order and I got the receipt and it was like $2,500 on our end. And I'm like, wow. this is absolute insanity. So there's that. There's obviously like from like a time standpoint, there's the editing, there's Ashley does all the retouching, we call, we talk to all the people, you make the timeline, all the client communication, all the timeline work, the constant back and forth, the, uh, the blogging, the marketing, oh my gosh, social media and editing, that would probably be all I do, I feel like in a day. And my day is already gone. Social media editing and emailing. Yesterday, when I went to catch up on emails, or in the last two days, I've probably spent a good 12 hours on emails catching up. Yeah. And that sucks because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not spending any time growing my business. So we've preached this before, but like we are going to 100% be outsourcing some of our things so that we can spend more time on growth. Yeah. Which is absolutely impossible right now. So what do you guys do? Like, what designated jobs do you each kind of have? I know that you can't go over all of them, but like specifically what is like, what are you handling? Yeah. So that's a great thing that I absolutely love having Ashley for. And it's also really easy because we each stay in our own lane as far as like business partnerships go, which I think is really hard to do for a lot of people. So I think you found like a diamond in the rough. I don't think that everybody can have a business partner. I 100% agree with you because you do. If, if you don't stay in your lane, it's so easy to get your feelings hurt or to feel walked all over because they are doing something that you're supposed to be in charge of. And you're like, what are you doing over here in my lane? Like, so Ashley and I do have our own lanes and they're very designated and very clear. I handle all the client communication and emails. I handle all of the teasers, the editing, all the backing up. I handle the social media I handle all of the expenses. I handle paying everybody from our sub, like all of our subcontractors to our accountant. I handle all those invoices. A lot of different parts I play since I do most of the admin work. Mm-hmm. Ashley Kay, she does more of the shooting. So like if we have like a one-off session where it's like they are not booking a wedding, they're just booking an engagement session, let's say. Mm-hmm. She shoots that. And then she calls all of our weddings, mm-hmm. which... I feel like everybody should know what Cole means, but goes through all the pictures and gets rid of the blinking ones and that yeah. focuses on something. She does all the calling. She does all of the retouching, which is something that nobody I know does. Mm-hmm. We're the only people that offer that always. And so basically what that means is she's removing trash cans. She's removing dirty sticks on the ground. She's removing trash if there's trash. She's removing outlets, exit signs, anything that's going to be distracting from the images. She goes through literally every single image for every single gallery that we deliver and retouches all of them she also handles most of our timeline calls or like if there's like a random phone call that somebody needs to have she'll do that because I don't like the phone and she likes the phone yeah (laughs) she does that that makes sense yeah so are there any photographers that you really look up to no no (laughs) honestly I don't either 
Like there's, yeah. It's, I don't have time to look at other people's that's, stuff. I feel the same way. And if you think about it from that perspective, like I truly believe comparison is the thief of joy. I do too. Like there's, I could spend all day looking at other photographers and then all I'm doing is judging myself. I will say there are photographers that I look up to from like a personal perspective and like the way they run their business or the way that they serve their clients. That is something, but not a lot of them, like their work is not like mine and yeah. like I'm okay with that. And I feel like that's even better for my mental psyche that we don't like our styles aren't the same. Yeah. I'm not comparing myself to yeah. them. I feel like the issue is you're either comparing yourself and you feel bad or you're looking at their stuff and you're trying to imitate them which also is like not cool like yeah just do your own thing exactly it takes that creativity out of it yeah completely so I I do try to steer clear because I also don't want to be carbon copy yeah so yeah um so how do you keep your creative juices flowing then and how do you keep from getting burnt out yeah fair so I love to follow people in the in other industries mm-hmm. and do things like that they are doing in their industry and bring it into the photography industry. So, I mean, even from like looking on, looking at magazines or looking at Pinterest, let's say Pinterest. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Pinterest is like literally for inspiration, right? Yeah. I will find a picture of a vibe that I like and... I'm going to look for something that doesn't look like it's a professional photograph. Like let's say I'm looking from, it almost looks like a magazine clipping. Mm -hmm. Like it's a little bit more editorial. So I'll find inspiration there with like the editorial work. I steer clear. I know more of what I steer clear of and more less than what I do, but I steer clear of like those feature pages because I just feel like everybody's regurgitating the same content. Mm -hmm. And I get inspired by helping other people Mm -hmm. find their groove so I like love looking at other people's businesses and problems or even just having a conversation with them and being able to be like dude you should do this that's like, why you love me so much because I constantly am asking you questions. I literally was sending you a voice message the other day and I was like oh my god Brittany you should totally do this I think this would be so great for your business because this would fit this narrative and this yeah. would fit this little pocket that nobody is serving yeah so I absolutely love to do that and it jives me up like that's what fills my cup up mm-hmm. and then I also find inspiration in doing that with my own business and be like how can I twist that to work it into mine it's a lot more business yeah. ideas and less like actual photo and photo well. although I do okay I just thought of something yeah have you ever heard of mango street no okay it's they're a photo company I don't know where they're out of somewhere up north um they have a youtube channel and they also have an Instagram. It's like Mango Street. I want to say like that's literally all it is. And they do things so differently than what you see. Like they'll do these challenges on their YouTube channel where they will take a, like they'll go get five items from the dollar store. Do you know what oh, I'm talking about? I only know this because you told me about it. I did a long I time ago. It. Yeah, like actually a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. So they'll take like five items from the dollar store and then like try to use those items and create really dope photos Mm -hmm. and so they'll use like craft paper and try to make a really cool photo with craft paper so like one of the things is like they punch a hole in the craft paper and that like creates this dimension so I think the cool thing about that and those videos is it inspires you to try to think outside the box as well Mm -hmm. like what other objects can I use or what other dimension can I use how can I incorporate more movement 
And so they're really awesome. Yeah. For that. Very cool. Um, so what are some struggles that you've overcome with your business or some tough points that you have encountered along the way? I haven't encountered a lot of things from the business perspective, but when your personal life and your business are so deeply intertwined, if something is going wrong or something is being extra stressful in your personal life, that bleeds over into your business. So I feel like that's more where my struggles have came in. Mm -hmm. And like the last year and a half, probably the last year and a half has just been really, really, really tough. I've just over the last like month kind of overcame this. I realized that I needed to start working on this in January Mm -hmm. of this year. And so I, there was like a year long spell of me just being in a really big funk because of some personal things going on in my family. Mm -hmm. And though it was really hard to navigate how heavy those things were while also trying to be this inspirational person on social media. Mm -hmm. And so what it all boiled down to is like, we ended up because I run the social media and Ashley, bless her heart, gives me my business partner is Ashley, by the way. So I feel like that's confusing. Yeah. I don't say that. Ashley K. Yeah. I I feel like people would understand, but Ashley K is a blessing to me and like gave me the grace to go through this time when I'm supposed to be in charge of social media. And I literally quit social media, like legitimately quit to the point that people thought we were going out of business because we just didn't post. Yeah. But I was going through something so big and so complicating and all consuming that social media just seemed so not important. And I didn't realize necessarily what was going on with our business and why maybe we weren't getting the leads that we used to get or why we were just in this spell or even why was my delivery time longer? Why wasn't I responding as much or why wasn't I cleaning my house? Yeah. Like all of these things I didn't really realize until like, let's say 10 months into this, these personal things going down that I was super depressed I mean, I wasn't, I legit wasn't cleaning my house. Like you've been there when it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't pick up vacuuming. Like I just couldn't. And it all stemmed from these really heavy personal decisions that my husband and I had to make and had to deal with and go through. And they were just very, very long periods of time that we couldn't focus. Consuming all your energy. 100%. It was completely draining. And so we didn't go, or I didn't post, obviously, for like, I don't know, eight to 10 months. It was a really long time. And so we went through this really big dry spell. And the people who were forgiving were forgiving. But at the same time, I feel like when you decide to do things like that, like let's say get off social media, as a photographer who books weddings a year out, I felt those repercussions much later. So while I'm currently dealing, while I was currently dealing with, me not posting and I'm like it's fine like we still have weddings we still have money we still have this what I wasn't thinking about at the time which I knew was that a year from then I was going to be feeling the repercussions of not doing consistent bookings and consistent marketing on social media and so that was a really just rough time just going through something so personal when your business is so intertwined with it and but I'm over the hump I mean because then we bought a house yeah and then COVID happened well COVID happened then we bought a house and we got married. It's yeah. all intertwined in the same 
sphere. But I got to finally tie a bow and close that chapter last month. And all of my stressors legitimately are gone. And I feel like 2016 me again. It's so weird. That's awesome. Everybody has to go through times like that, though. And you don't realize how much your personal life can affect your business on that level. Absolutely. Because you think they're separate. Because they are. Yeah. But they're not when you're part of both of them. Especially when you're the one wearing all the hats. Yeah. Because if one part of it goes down, like the whole part of it goes down. So you have to like recognize that you can't let yourself go because not only are you letting yourself go, but you'll let your business go because like if you're going through depression and you're not working on it or not recognizing it, like there's a domino effect happening that you don't realize. Yeah. Um, so pivoting here, where do you see the business going next? What are you guys working on? I got permission to talk about this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Ashley K was like, thank you so much for asking. So with COVID. Yeah. We in the wedding world have like, it feels like collapsed, right? Yeah. I mean, you feel it. Yeah. It's It's terrible. It's awful. There's this just layer of stress that we're all dealing with. I don't want to be here. (laughs) No. And I mean, I just really strongly believe that the wedding industry is going to forever be changed Mm -hmm. because we can't trust that something like this won't happen again. Mm -hmm. And we also don't know when this is going to go away. Right. So with that being said, it's like we, as we talked about earlier, put all of our eggs in this wedding basket. Mm hmm. And now it's like, okay, thankfully most of our clients are postponing. And so it's not affecting our income drastically, but then people are afraid to book. And then Mm -hmm. when they book, are they going to keep booking the eight to 10 hour days or are they, are weddings going to shift into being these like really tiny little intimate things like back in the nineties, whenever people got together for like four hours in the backyard on a Thursday, like, yeah. What's it going to be? You know? Don't know, we have no idea. And because of that, if it's four hours in the backyard on a Thursday, a, you don't have the competition for Saturdays, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you have the competition and demand for a Saturday, that's why you're charging as much. Yeah. So if you lose that demand, because now there's seven days of a week when you can do it, which again, I don't know if this is going to happen, but whatever they did this back in the nineties, it could happen. So let's say that that's kind of the route things go. You can't charge as much. And maybe people like, although they're going to value it, something that we construct or we, something that we pride ourselves in is being able to tackle every single part of the wedding day and tackle every single part of the wedding day. Well, Mm -hmm. like no light scares me. Everything is going to look pretty like, and that's from just doing this for seven years. Like, so, but I feel like people aren't going to value that as much as they have valued it in the past because it's a short period of time. You might be doing it all during golden hour and you know, anybody can take a good picture of golden hour. Yeah. That being said, we've decided to pivot a little bit. We're still going to do weddings, but we are going to be transitioning and hopefully providing the value that we see in branding services. Yes. And I'm so excited about it. This really ties in with you wanting to help the people add the things that they need for their business. It serves the purpose that, like, it serves our souls, Mm -hmm. right? And I say right a lot. That's okay. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right, you get it? It serves our purpose and, like, or it serves our souls a lot to 
be able to provide people with something that we know they're going to see a direct return on investment. Mm -hmm. And by granted, we're not going to do branding. We're not graphic designers. No, but we're going to provide an up leveled branding photography experience that I know our market is not providing and really not a lot of people are providing it to the extent that we're wanting to. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to provide a service that is going to instantly level up somebody's business and not just by pretty pictures. Right. So Ashley Kay is going to do the photography part of it. Cause again, that's Ashley's heart. I can't really speak a lot for her, but Ashley loves photography and that person to person interaction she wants to be outside she wants to be in the sunlight I'm a hermit I want to be inside on the computer hashtag admin Mm -hmm. and so she's going to do these shoots and I want to do the back end part for these people and the photos that Ashley's taking I want to be able to help them implement them in their business to be able to level up and see that return on investment and give them like work on their web put it on their website implement it into their like social media do website maintenance because when I've polled our audience and I'm like, what is one thing as a photographer you put off? Literally, I am not kidding you. Every single person besides one said updating my website. Everyone puts it off. Everyone knows how to do it. Yeah. But nobody puts the time into it. Or a lot of people are like, I can't figure out how to get my website to look better. Like it looks like a run of the mill website. And I want to be able to make those tweaks to them and basically get people on these packages let's say we Mm. don't have it all worked out yeah but on these packages to where they're on a rotating cycle to get their branding elements done or if they're a company that sells products get their products photographed Mm -hmm. and like rotated through and work on like a quarterly or a semi-annual basis and then also do the same thing with the website maintenance be able to maintain and update their website as they need it done by them just hitting a simple email that's like, hey, tackle this for me for this time period. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, I know you don't have it all figured out yet, but are you going to be doing the like brainstorming for this shoot and helping people figure out like what the fuck the brand is? Like, who are you? What do you actually need? What's going to benefit you the most? I don't know necessarily like outfits, but like helping people not look stupid wholeheartedly yes and that's something I think a lot of people don't do and I think that it again it goes with like our serving hearts and like our our goal in this is to be able to provide this from like full scale so it works it's not just a pretty picture yeah and so we do plan as we don't have it all figured out but we Mm -hmm. do plan to be able to do a strategy call send questionnaire really help questionnaire first like dive deep into it then do a strategy call, give them our brainstorming ideas. Cause let's say you come to me and you're like, I don't know what my brand is, right? So many people don't know what the heck their brand no, is. We don't know. They might have like a color palette, let's say. I mean, at least you have a color palette if you have a color palette. If you don't have a color palette, get a color palette. But yeah. Let's say they have a color palette and they don't know anything else. I'm not here to create your brand. You should have a visual identity without me. But you might already have it and you don't realize it. So that's something that we can figure out together. And just dive into like, what are things that you enjoy? What are things that you like? What are things that you talk about in your business all the time that 
you don't even realize it's part of your brand pillars. Yeah, sometimes it's easier for somebody else to see things that you can't see yourself. Exactly. Like, we do that all the time together. Yeah. Where like, you'll say something, and I'm like, dude, Brittany, you have it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, yes, you do. You literally talk about it all the time. Like, so one of your brand pillars that's, like, kind of part of your brand, like, one of ours. Ours is health, as I came over with Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. But one of ours is health, and we both really prioritize health. Mm-hmm. And with that, how and being like sustainable and ethical. And so because of that, one of our brand pillars is sustainability, ethically sourced anything. Mm-hmm. And so we thrift, like we try not to buy new. And that's one of our brand pillars. So as far as our visual identity goes, we should be wearing and rocking in our brand shoot, like thrifted vintage clothes. And so that's something that, let's say I didn't know that, you could be like, dude, Ashley, both you and Ashley thrift. Yeah. Like this, this is so easy for you. So yes, we'll strategize, we'll help you figure out what that looks like for you and come up with really dope ideas, scout the locations for you. We basically will take all of that from you, collab on a Pinterest board. You're going to be pinning things that you love to it. I'm going to be pinning things that I love. And then we'll meet on the phone really quick one more time, make sure we've got the plan going. And then come up with our, you know, three to five looks over one to two days and like really dope locations and make it happen. Yeah. Very cool. I'm very excited. You better be. I need this <laughs> in my life. <sighs> um, so why do you think it's so important for people to invest in their brand? I mean, you'll see your return on investment tenfold immediately. Like, mm-hmm. So from a branding perspective of somebody who can create a brand for you, which is not me. And, you know, do your colors, your logo, like your brand identity. There is something to somebody being able to see the color blush. And they are instantly going to attribute that to Brittany Ferris. I'm lying. That's not your color. Just looking at a blush face. (laughs) And they, because you wear blush, you type your words in blush, like that is your color. So if I see this vase right here that's in front of me, at the store and I'm like oh I don't know what to get Brittany because thank her I want to thank her so much for having me on her podcast and then I see that blush face I'm like oh my gosh this screams Brittany yeah right so you're getting people to think about you because you have that visual identity that's so recognizable and again that's just from a color perspective let's say it's a freaking Frenchie like I see a Frenchie and then I'm going to send a picture on Instagram to Brittany because I see this little Frenchie and I j- I'm thinking about her. So yeah. your goal with your brand, if it's a good brand and you're bleeding your brand, wearing your brand, talking about the things that make your brand yours all the time, the people who follow you and your audience, A, get addicted to you in the best way, and B, always are triggered to think about you. And so the more they think about you, the more that they will yeah. potentially hire you or talk about you to the people that they're yeah. around. And your branding photos shall show a lot more of who you are as a person as opposed to like a logo. Like a logo, like... Absolutely. I, I don't know what anybody's logo looks like. No. Sorry. <laughs> like, no. Don't know. They're cool to have, but like photos are way more important. Photos are way more important because they're also going to show your personality. People want to, I mean, your brand is more than your colors. Your brand yeah. is more than your logo. Yeah. Your brand is you yeah. anymore in the social media space. If there is no human factor to your brand, you're not going to do nearly as well or A, B as like addicting, let's say, mm. and intoxicating as someone whose brand is humanized. And so by humanizing your brand, A, putting your face on your stories, putting your face in your feed, putting your face on your about me page, 
Yep. Adding an about me page. People don't have about me pages. Like, who are you? If you don't have an about me page, I'm not hiring you. No. I don't know who you are. You're not real. No. Same thing on like just random little tip tidbit for anybody at all, period. If you're speaking of photos, if your profile photo on Instagram, because we're all on Instagram, is A, not a picture of your face and it's a photo of your logo, change it to your face. And B, if you're not looking at the camera, mm-hmm. facing the camera, yep. you are not humanizing your brand. Like you could have that really cute photo of you in the hat with your profile, but like nobody's going to connect to you mm-hmm. in that image. And that's like your first impression. So just change that photo to a photo where you are either looking at the camera or looking at the follow button. I just preached hard. That's good. I think it's great (laughs) advice. I definitely agree with that. That was one of the reasons when I rebranded the podcast, I was in the pictures and didn't let people talk me into getting a little caricature drawing because everybody thought I should do that. And I was like, no, no, no. I want people to know who I am. Yeah, those caricature (laughs) drawings are really happening right now. They're all over the podcast game. I mean, no offense if you have that. I mean, it. I wish I, cute. I wish I knew what you looked like. Right. I just do. What are your eyeballs? Yeah. Who are like, you? Y- when you go look at anybody in person or even in a picture, what do you look for first? Yeah. Eyeballs. Your eyes. Yes. Okay. We're going to pivot one more time. <laughs> okay. Something else that you're really into is the Enneagram. Can you talk about what that is, what yours is? It's fascinating. It's a lot. You don't have to go that into depth because it's a lot, but. Oh my God. It's so a lot. We could do an entire thing on this. I know. We'll do it quick. Maybe we'll have you on later. Talk about it more. Oh, Oh, the Enneagram. This is literally my favorite topic in the entire (laughs) world. It's so bad. Did you see me posting on Facebook about it this week? No, I'm not really really good on Facebook. I did it because I needed somebody to hear how to grow themselves, but I didn't want to tell them that they needed to grow themselves. I didn't point. I did it in a very, very, very nice way. I just shared more on personal development essentially and just fingers crossed they read it yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. but I love the Enneagram I think it is an amazing tool for personal development and relationship development and relationship growth I think a big misconception about the Enneagram is that it's a personality thing and I mean granted it is a personality thing but I mean it's seriously a tool and so if you think about it from a tool perspective you're less to be less likely to be turned off by it by thinking like don't put me in a box right yeah and the thing with the Enneagram unlike Zodiac which also into the Zodiac yeah the Zodiac you don't choose it right you don't choose your no that's who you are it's who you are you were born that way like whatever you believe that's how the Zodiac works the Enneagram you decide that like nobody else is going to put you in that box Mm -hmm. and so the Enneagram is a tool for personal development You can take quizzes to figure out who you are. There are nine types of people Mm -hmm. and it goes very, very in depth that I'm not going to confuse people in it right now, but there are nine types of people and basically you travel around the Enneagram is essentially the goal. The healthiest people aren't really stuck in, let's say a box. Mm -hmm. They tend to see themselves in a lot of them, but everybody has a core type and that core type is developed as you're at a child. I think it's like, Think about who you were at 15 and like answer these questions if you do a quiz, but I don't recommend taking a quiz because you'll mistype most likely because it's really hard to be honest and self-aware when you take a quiz. Yeah, it's tough. But if you just read descriptions and type yourself, that's the way experts say to do it. That's the way I recommend doing it. When you read about the Enneagram, my favorite resource is the Enneagram Institute.com and you can read all the type descriptions. 
my best suggestion is the one that makes you have that pit in your stomach feeling or a feeling like, shit, I feel seen. Like, how do they know that about me? That's how you know it's your type most of the time because you're like, you feel seen. I mean, I don't know a better way to put it than somebody gets you that shouldn't get you. It's, this is a freak. It's so spot on. It's weird. So there are nine types. I'm a one. Ones are really great advocates. A lot of times they become political leaders or want to get in the political space. Lawyers, things like that. They're perfectionists. They're called the reformer. They can be activists. They really like rules. They really like to let people and make people see the light. Can you tell? Yeah. Um, they honesty is something that they really value and yeah that's like kind of sums me up um I also so that's kind of that's who I am but there's also something called wings Mm -hmm. because again you can't be in a box but the two numbers that surround your number a one would be a two and then like back up to a nine because there's no number before one you also kind of share traits with those I'm, I see myself in a two. I also see myself in nine. Nines are very passive people. They're great listeners. They're peacemakers. And then twos are very helpful people. They're called the helper. They just like serve. They're people pleasers. They have a hard time saying no. Um, so anyways, I see myself in both of those avenues. And then there's just, there's so much. Like the three is the achiever. They're very success driven. I don't remember, I don't know much about, I don't know many fours, but one of my friends is a four. I know that they're very like deep thinkers and like more on the emotional side and in touch with their feelings. I know zero fives, absolutely zero fives. I don't think I do either. But fives are like very introverted and they're researchers. And I think that probably is why we don't know very many fives. Yeah, because we're creativeers. Yes, we're more outgoing and social. Like fives, when they go out into the world, they go out into the world like once a month and then they are drained from social interactions. Yeah. And there's sixes. Sixes are very loyal people. They are very, they tend to be more on the anxious end of things. Most people are sixes. That's like the most common type. Mm -hmm. They are very, I don't know, loyal. They're very loyal people. I can't think of another, the word I actually want. It's like very security based. That's their biggest um desire which is also how you figure out your enneagram it's your biggest desire is the one to look at because you'll recognize yourself in a lot of them but look at your key motivation what is your key motivation to making a decision and mine is to like do the right thing which is why i know i'm a one anyways six sevens are very spontaneous fun loving energetic life of the party also kind of scattered everybody has like all these types obviously have bad to them the sevens is like they're a little more scattered the eights are aggressive, dominant um, leaders. They are very sure of themselves. My husband's an eight. They're great, unless they're not. <laughs> and then, they're bad sides, pretty bad. Exactly. <laughs> and then the nine, like I said, they're just very passive peacemakers. And so that's kind of a very, very quick summary without yeah. going too freaking deep into it. And sometimes it is hard to find out what yours is. Ask other people because other people know more about you than you know, or you overthink yourself because I didn't know mine for a very long time. I was just going to say, like, how many times did you like mistype or think you were something and something else? A lot. What is your, what do you, what is yours again? Now? Like for real? Yeah. A three. Okay. I was going to tell you it was a three, but that's, that's what you thing. told me. Did I tell you? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Uh, it. Cause it's hard to admit to yourself sometimes, yeah. especially like poor threes. 
threes are image conscious. Like these are the things that you see about threes. A lot of threes are influencers. They are also business owners because they are achievers. They're success driven, but they're also image conscious. They also care a lot about what people think about them. They also can morph to any personality in the room. And so it's hard to kind of like pinpoint what exactly it is that they are. Mm. And all threes generally are looking at the negative traits of a three and they're like, that's not me. That can't be me. You know? So, but it is, but they're, they're success oriented. Like there's really great things about three. Threes are the best business partners. If you can snag yourself a three. Yeah. So I'm looking for one of me out there. Yeah. I don't need a business partner. Well, Ashley K, she mistyped like literally three times and had an identity crisis every single time. She started as a, I feel like she was like a three. Yeah. She initially thought she was a three. Then she went two. Then she went two, which she never wanted to be a two. because She thought twos were boring because they're kind of like, Everybody wants to be the helpful person, right? So she was like, dang it, I'm a two. Yeah. And just like in the last month, two months, maybe three, very recently realized she was a nine. And I feel like she was about to have a panic attack freaking out that she was like, holy cow. I don't know who I am. She just had a revelation. (laughs) But I do think she's truly a nine. That's funny. Yeah. So I encourage everybody to take it. And if you're unsure, have somebody else tell you or give you some guidance. Yeah. And when you take those tests... They will generally score you like points yeah. per so thing. Kinda, yeah. You kind of have to decide it on your own anyways because they'll be like, you got 24 points as a three and 24 points as a seven. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're a three and a seven. No. But so then like read again that key description. And if you need help, you can send me a message <laughs> because I could talk Enneagram all freaking day. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of want to go back to weddings just for a little bit just because you just got married and I want to talk about how you did things so different and why you did things different because it was different. It was super different. And I think everybody should do it. So I 1,050% agree with you, especially given the current circumstances of this world. So, um, yeah, I got married in March. I got married right before the world shut down. (laughs) It was weird. But when Justin and I decided to get married again, we decided to get married. He did not propose to me. Yep different bit different every single every single every single <laughs> step was so different uh we decided to get married because we went to go buy a house and he was a he's a veteran and so we were going to get the va loan it's like the best loan you can really get mm-hmm. and there's just so many benefits to it and so when we went to go get the va loan they were like well you can't get this and include ashley's income and i'm the breadwinner for the, for our family and he's they said that they couldn't include my income unless we were married because it's a government-based yeah. military loan. Hello. Like, yeah. duh, that's what they think, you know? Let's not be progressive military. <laughs> no, no. So uh, we were sitting there in the appointment with the bank lady, and I looked over at Justin, and he looked over at me, and, like, we just kind of gave each other this look. And then when we were done with her, we were like, okay, well, I mean, we kind of joked about, like, okay, well, maybe we'll just go get married now. And then we got in the car, and looked at each other and said, oh my God, are we going to do this? And Justin (laughs) was like, I mean, I think we have to. And we've been together for six years, so it's not like this was like a shotgun wedding or anything. But I called my mom and I was like, mom, Justin and I are thinking that we might get married. And I was like, what do you think? And she was like, is this how you're telling me that you're engaged? And I was like, am I? Am I engaged? Is that what's (laughs) happening here? Is that what this is? It was so strange. And so uh, we decided that we were going to get married. It made the most sense, which that's very me and Justin, right? Yeah. And so we 
decided that we were going to get married in March because our lease ended in May, very strategic, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to buy a house before our lease ended. So we decided to get married in March. I wasn't busy in March. Weddings don't happen in March. And because we're very non-traditional, I don't love to be the center of attention, which I feel like is very surprising to people. A little bit. Right? Yeah. I hate it. I kind of, I I feel that too. Yeah. Like I I, I will love hate with it myself too. Yeah. One-on-one like this, or if I'm in a room with like 30 people, I don't mind it one bit. Yeah. Like I could just like talk and like kind of command a room pretty easily and comfortably. But like thinking of doing a, I mean, I guess I did do a first dance in front of like a hundred people, but if we backtrack, thinking of like saying personal vows in front of hundreds of people is not at all what I wanted. Like, yeah. I don't want that many people to look at me. I want to feel completely like myself. I'm a people pleaser. So I also knew, A, I'd be really people pleasing and just trying to host yeah. all these people and make sure they're all happy. And that's, I've seen so many freaking weddings. I mean, I've done 400. Brides are miserable. Like, yeah. I did not want that for myself. And so I didn't want to people please them. I also tend to be very anxious. And so I didn't want to be anxious and nervous. And I know that, like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to puke feeling when you're about to walk down the aisle because I always compare it to graduation and I wanted to puke walking across that (laughs) damn stage with all the people looking at me. So anyways, because of that, we decided just to have our parents and our siblings with us at our wedding and we were going to go away for a weekend and make it very family oriented where both of our families, where two families become one essentially because that's yeah, what's what happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we wanted them to like kind of get to know each other a little bit better. And so we went to Manhattan, Kansas, not New York. Thank God because <laughs> COVID. <laughs> we went to Manhattan for a weekend and spent a weekend together. And I utilized, so the biggest resource that I used when planning my wedding, and that gave me a bunch of inspiration for things we did, was the book called Wedding with Intention. And it's you can get it at bridedisrupted.com, I believe is the website. And it basically is essentially saying that the wedding industry is full of shit. And I wholeheartedly have agreed with it for a really long time. There's a lot of like vanity Mm -hmm. in the wedding industry coming from a wedding vendor. There's just a lot of vanity, a lot of like orchestration. It's become this very big event and performance. You like walk down the aisle and people have to stand up at the right time and you have to like give your bouquet away. Like it's just so much orchestration. Don't do this. Do this. You see it every weekend. Yeah. It's the one exhausting. It really well. And because they're so stressed that they're not doing it right. And it's like, it's your wedding day. Like do it however you want to do it. Yeah. So I very much have felt this way for a long time. So when it was time for my wedding, I'm like, girl, you are going to practice what you preach. And so I ordered this book, Wedding with Intention, and it is essentially a guidebook slash handbook slash prompts for all these random ideas for you to dig within yourself to create a wedding that has a lot of intentionality behind it. And so, for example, Justin and I love games. And because we love games, how could we incorporate games into our wedding day? So the rehearsal dinner was like the day that we all got together. Wasn't really a rehearsal dinner. I think we had pizza. But we all got together that first day. It was our first night at the cabin. And we played a tournament of cornhole. And the two people who won, or the team that won, those were the people who were going to sign our marriage license. Oh, wow. That's literally (laughs) how we decided that. And then we did that and all got wasted and it was lots of fun. Then we karaoke because like, again, games fun. That's just like something we're very into. We're 
We also like love musicals, both of us. And so like karaoke, super fun. And then the wedding day, we spent the morning together. And that was because I've always believed like I don't want to spend my entire wedding day away from my groom because like we're getting married today. Why am I going to hide from you all day? So we got ready together, had breakfast together. And then we went and did our first look when we like we finally saw each other because, you know, we did separate while I got dressed. And then I went up to see him and that was great. Loved it. But then we decided to walk into our wedding together. I didn't want to be given away by my dad. And this is a very personal, potentially controversial subject. But my dad is also like very shy and totally cool with it. But I didn't want to be given away from him by him because I feel like that's just like I think it makes sense if you're a little younger, but at yeah. 20, how old was I? Was I 28? How old am I? I just had my birthday. I don't know, I don't know if I just turned 28 or 29. I think I just turned, I was 28 years old. I've been on my own for six years. I didn't feel like it made sense for my dad to give me away. Like Justin and I have lived together for a few years. That's just a weird thing that they used to yeah. do back in the day. And I don't yeah. know, it just didn't sit right. So we've been walking through life together. And so we walked into our wedding day together and we walked in to the song we surprised my parents to the song that my parents got married to in Hawaii and that's what we walked in on and it was like that's probably one of my favorite memories so the whole day we just kind of tried to like implement our beliefs and things Mm -hmm. into our wedding just because that's it's not supposed to be about there's not a right or wrong way to do it you don't have to follow what everyone there's so many things that people do at weddings that have absolutely no purpose like why are you throwing your bouquet why are you doing that like if you don't even know why you're doing it I don't know why you're doing it right or like why are you cutting a cake yeah if if you're cutting a cake because your parents and grandparents both cut a cake and you loved that photo growing up cool more freaking power to you sister yeah Yeah, but But, think about (laughs) it yeah like make it something memorable and how can you twist a tradition to make it work for you like we also got married in a circle instead of like I didn't want people to get married and stare at my butt. Yeah. So I faced them. Yeah. So we all got, stood in a circle and I, they saw my face the entire time. And like, that's another really cool yeah. thing. Like we know your butt looks good, but like you also yeah, spent all day doing your hair and makeup. So look at my face. Yeah, girl. <laughs> well, I think that that's really awesome. I think everyone should check out the book. What was it called again? Wedding, Wedding. with intention. Wedding with intention. Um, I guess going off of that, do you have any other advice for people that are planning a wedding? I mean, obviously just do it with intention, but obviously do it with intention. But the other big thing I'd think about is, and I tell people this and have for years, is like prioritize what's the most important to you and like put your budget there because your budget can get out of hand really quickly and like make sure you take care of those things that are important to you first so you don't lose out on what's important to you because you paid for embroidered napkins. Or like $500 on invitations when you don't really give a shit about them. But then you don't get the flower or the bouquet that you wanted because... Or like, you know, whatever it is that is important to you or food's important to you. Like, make sure that you actually prioritize that and like get in touch with them and don't just assume how much money things are going to be. Which brings me to figure out your guest list before you do anything else because the amount of people there is going to affect how many invitations you order, how much food you order, all the the things. How much you need of everything. Exactly. Lee, so do that first and foremost. Yes. Okay. I'm kind of closing it off. What are your goals, your overall life goals, and where do you see yourself like in five years? What all do you want to be doing? In the next five years, I would like to have 
five forms of passive income. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those are yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on this wedding one, you know, and mm-hmm. then this obvious new pivot. But I would also like to have a rental by that point. I like a house rental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast a lot and it inspires me all the time. I do know that that's going to be like probably more down the road, like closer to the five year mark, mm-hmm. um, just because of the equity that you need to put into it first. But that's a really big goal. And I would honestly like to have a family and be a lot less stressed. That's yeah. my biggest biggest goal in this world is to worry less about other people and worry more about myself yes that selfish vibe yes Mm. I'm so bad at it me too (laughs) I feel all right well I think that is all I really have for you today I appreciate you sitting down and sharing all of this very valuable information I'm very excited for everyone to hear it uh let the people know where they can find you online you can find me on Instagram at Ash the B B E E, or if you want really pretty pictures, because I really don't post there that often. Yeah, except like house renovation stuff sometimes. But if you want to find like more on business and business tips and all the things Ashley and I are doing in our business, which is probably the best place to go, follow K A Y X B E E photo and yeah. We'll catch up there. Yes. And you can find me at sideboobs.sidehustles and my personal page at Britt.Ferris. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. See you next time. Bye.